Hey, buddy. Hello and welcome to the Hey Buddy podcast. I'm your host, Nick Beckman. Um, we are on the ground today in eastern Kentucky. We are outside of a little town called Hazel Green, um, serving folks who've had a really rough couple of months. Um, there was flooding last year, and then there was the big freeze right before Christmas uh, that aggravated flooding damage, and these folks are really hurting. So we're glad to be out here for a few weeks doing hot meals, grocery distribution, um, and all sorts of load on these communities. So uh, my guests today, Chef Dustin Forrest. Hi, Dustin. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for being here. Uh, and to my left, Managing Chef John Thompson. How are you, John? I'm doing great. Good, good. Glad to have you guys. Glad to sit down and talk a little bit about um, our work here in Eastern Kentucky and uh, Mercy Chefs at large and, and what we're seeing and, and how we're impacting communities here. So well, I want to talk a little bit about um, about flavors and, and what comes out of a tilt and, and, and how that is achieved. Because when you're cooking at home and you've got a pot on your stove, you might take a pinch of salt and a pinch of pepper and some garlic powder and some chili flakes or, or whatever is your go-to seasoning and and you mix it up, you spice it up, and you serve it for dinner, and, and, and it's great, and it's lovely. But when we're cooking for thousands, on our days where we're cooking for upwards of 20,000 people, I, I just it, find it endlessly baffling, the amount of flavor that comes out of our food. And I know you guys are directly responsible for that. And so I want to, I want to talk through that a little bit and, and how that comes about and, and what you're thinking about as you're standing over at Tilt, John. Oh, goodness. I'm just going to go back a second to when I first started. And, and you're correct. Uh, so many times at home, you're cooking over a smaller pot and cooking for four or five or mm-hmm. six people. And, and I remember making chili at home so often. And I was one of the ones that would go buy the chili packet and still do when I make chili at home. But uh, I remember having to make chili, and I believe it was in Paducah, for 500 people. We mm-hmm. were doing it for service. And and so I, I did my research to find out exactly what's in the chili seasoning, and and I made what I thought would be just an appropriate amount of spices uh, for that tilt, and I was probably uh, only at a tenth of what I needed. Yeah. So now I've got hot chili going, and and I'm looking down, and I've got a deadline I'm trying to meet. So really, I I just almost baptism by fire i just jumped Mm -hmm. in and and done what i've seen dustin do so often just grab a big jug of seasoning and throw it in there you know and 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 i kind of have a little trick i use for myself and and if i know something's a half or uh, you know as much as the other i'll i'll make stripes in the skillet uh tilt skillet just to kind of show my ratios Mm -hmm. uh but that's the way i do it And, and and so often we're asked uh, even today, I was asked. Uh, I'd really like to have the recipe uh, for that for that dish. <laughs> and first thing I always tell them, I said, "Well, once you get a forty-gallon vessel, uh, I can tell you kind of how we start." And right. and it may be like uh, you know uh, three seconds of granulated garlic. I, I I don't know. It's just so hard to do. But I, I guess I can say for me, it's only by the grace of God uh, that uh, He ordains every speck of seasoning that goes into that skillet yeah and uh you know it's just an amazing situation for me because i i, I really felt i was completely unworthy to do that because mm. it was just so hard in my perspective to do and and with god's grace and god's mercy 
uh, he's allowed me to do that, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's fun. I, I can honestly say, and Dustin's going to probably laugh when I say this, but until I uh, started with Mercy Chefs, I had never used cumin, you know, <laughs> very often. And so uh, now one of my favorite spices. And so it's just really neat to, to see how the tilts, the, the pots do come together. and. Yeah. And you're exactly right. The flavoring that comes out of them, the depth of the flavor, mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. we do. And uh, again, I, I give it to uh, God's grace right. in in guiding my hand and and my eyes to be able to uh, to do what that tilt mm-hmm. needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did mess up one time. I think it was supposed to be uh, cumin and cinnamon. And cumin looks strangely alike, and <laughs> and so uh, I, I was able to doctor a little bit and, and got one of our other employees and said. But tell me what this flavor is. And they couldn't pick it out, so we made it through that one. But uh, we have those mishaps every now and then. Yeah. But, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know what they say is, like, uh, adrenaline is the best pain medicine. I think the Holy Spirit is the best seasoning. What do you think, Dustin? Absolutely. I agree. Um, I go back to, um, I think it was Hurricane Ida in Lake Charles. And uh, I remember I worked all day uh, making a pasta dish and, um, I poured all my heart into that and some Italian seasoning and some uh, garlic and, uh, of course, salt, pepper and onion powder. And um, I poured all that into this tilt skillet and I tasted it. And I was like, that's really good. But um, a little bit later, um, I was told by our managing chef that was on site at the time to uh, to go sit down and have a plate. And I remember I sat down and had that plate and um, I tasted that pasta and it changed my world. Like I... I it was the most flavorful meal I had ever eaten, mm-hmm. and I by that point I had made probably ten of those tilt skillets that day, yeah. and um, I had tasted each one as I went, and I discovered that um, once you put that plate into that tiny white box, that God changes the flavor, and that no matter what we do in all our best efforts, um, you know God customizes that plate for the person who receives it, and uh, He did that for me that day, and I'll never forget that. Absolutely, yeah, it's yeah. a great thing we get to do is rest on the back of the Holy Spirit and of our Lord who, who, you know, gets to take that plate and do with it what he wills because we're just, we're sowing seeds. We're, we're maybe even just tilling the ground and, and then we let him do the rest. And that's, I think that's a lot of fun to, to see the fruition of that. And, and even in those moments where it, you're impacted by it, you, I mean, you made that food, Mm -hmm. you you did it. It was your hand. It's like, it's it's like making yourself dinner on a big scale, but, but it, it did something different that day. So I want to get a little bit into where we're at right now, um, we're sitting uh, up in the mountains in eastern Kentucky, um, and th- this one to me maybe feels a little bit different. Um, we didn't scramble and hurry uh, at at the at the first word of a pending disaster for this one. Um, we didn't drive in through flood water or storms or or see you know too much debris or, or damage coming in, and yet. There's need and there is hurt where we are at. Um, I believe we're serving across nine counties and here in eastern Kentucky and um, doing our best to touch as many lives as we can, um, but in a different way maybe than we're used to. And I want to get your thoughts on that. How does this feel different than, say, Hurricane Ian just last year? Um, for me, it's, you know, I, I think the best word to describe this deployment so far is desperation. Mm-hmm. Um, the people here um, are just desperate um, in their circumstances and um, with the freeze and with the flood and um, having 
living in an area that's rural like this with not a lot of jobs available, and I'm sure COVID compounded that even mm-hmm. more so. And um, people are just desperate uh, for some help. And um, I just pray that we're able to do that with our time here. Yeah, Dustin, I, I think you're really right. I think a lot of what we're seeing is just desperation and, and generational desperation, if we're being perfectly honest. John, what do you think? I would agree with that. I, I had the opportunity to come up just a few days before uh, we deployed just to kind of get some eyes into the region and see what was going on and started kind of over in the Whitesburg area and, and, and noticed in, in Neon and the areas over there, you know, not much had been done to to really progress the situation they've been in. And then we came over to uh, this area and, and had a couple of meetings and and found out just about a ton of food insecurity, mm. which is uh, absolutely heartbreaking. And it was, it was food insecurity that ranged from uh, newborn babies and and uh, preschool kids all the way up to the senior adults, mm. and having to make choices whether to buy medicine or food, and 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 children are having to uh, miss meals and have the only meals at school, and it was absolutely heartbreaking to me at that point uh, to see what the the area was having to to go through and uh, so we began to uh, talk a little bit and and figure out what we can do and and just to hear the stories that are that are coming out and and you were talking about flavor a second ago and Mm -hmm. and when you don't get to uh, I guess maybe have as much food as as normal uh, when you get to get something that's got a lot of flavor to it uh, we've had comment after comment and, and compliment after compliment, which is not why we do this, but still, it's good to hear feedback of, of, of folks that are just uh, loving, loving, loving our food, uh, which is a blessing straight from God. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, had the ability through uh, Smithfield Hams to uh, work with some folks and give them some cases of bacon, and, and I remember a story of a, uh, a nice elderly woman who was actually in tears uh, about receiving bacon just for the fact that she hasn't been able to afford it for years. Yeah. So, so many things, and I guess one of the biggest things for me, so many things that we take for granted mm. as a very privileged people on a daily basis, uh, people just don't have opportunities to have. Mm-hmm. And, and that's probably impacted me as much yeah. as anything yeah. uh, in this deployment. And it's, it's not even the sensational that impacts people. Sometimes a bit of normalcy can really go a long way for people. And, you know, a, a slice of bacon on a Saturday morning with your family, I mean, that, that really goes a long way. And yeah, we're very grateful for the, the partnerships that we've made along the way. And Smithfield Foods has come alongside us a lot over the last couple of years. And, and being able to work with their product, Annalie, in, in the tilt and in the ovens and, and through the kitchen, but also... You know, just putting a, a, a pack of bacon in someone's hand and saying, hey, have, have this on Saturday morning with your family and sit around the table and maybe feel a little sense of normalcy in, in a season or even a lifetime that, that maybe doesn't have a lot of that. So, And that's that's also what we're doing here is we're doing, we're doing groceries as well. A lot of people know that you know, we, we come in with kitchen trailers and we do hot food and, and that's what we're known for and, and rightly so. But in this instance, we knew that there was going to be a need for stocking shelves. And, and on hard times, grocery stores are hard and, and getting groceries for families is hard. So it's great that we can come in and give a really beautiful, lovely, delicious, hot meal, but also stocking people's shelves. We're really, really proud of that this time. And, you know, Smithfield donated a, an entire semi-trailer load of, 
of product that we get to distribute into this community. And, you know, we've been to Sam's Club many times ordering groceries. I was there today um, picking up six pallets of, of canned goods to get into people's hands here. And, and what, do, what do you think of, of that aspect of our, our line of work and, and getting people groceries, Dustin? I think it's just a great thing to be able to um, restock people, you know, and, um, you know, knowing that um, maybe this week they don't have to spend so much on groceries. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they can afford their medicine this week. Maybe they can afford gas to get to work this week, you mm -hmm. know, because, um, you know, without without that little helping hand, some people just can't make it. Um, I recall a story of... Um, a little girl that uh, I think I, I think we posted on our Facebook page, but um, she was uh, she had commented about um, us doing distribution there, and um, she told her little girl uh, friend that um, that she would finally get dinner tonight, and mm -hmm. you know whole families are getting dinner tonight, and usually mm -hmm. it's like, hey, maybe mom and dad don't get to eat today, the kids do, you know, yeah. but just by us being here we're able to do that and right. restock their shelves and uh, get some groceries in there too is just a beautiful thing to be able to do yeah yeah it's a really great thing when we get to kind of do this two-pronged approach we get to give someone a hot meal for tonight and then groceries for their fridge for the next week or so and, and that's that's a lot of fun to, to see the faces of, of people coming in the, in the line and, and that's something maybe we failed to mention to this point is i think on the first day of grocery distribution and correct me if i'm wrong gentlemen but the line of cars to get through our distribution line not only started at 4:30 in the morning our distribution started at one o'clock mm -hmm. in the afternoon but it ended up being two and a half miles long am i correct that is correct yeah, yeah. and you know that shows a whole lot of desperation but i want to dwell on the joy because i know these folks here in eastern kentucky not only do they have joy grit and strength but they just they just want to get through it and they want to get through it together so i want to dwell on that joy for a little bit tell me the brightest thing the the most joyful thing you've seen in the last two days john goodness for me it goes back to where this uh, even started we we met with our local contact nikki and she was telling us she said we're gonna have a food distribution in in one week and she said uh, i have a half a pallet of canned goods and we naturally looked at her and said, how are you going to do that? She said, I'm not God is. Mm -hmm. And so this whole operation that we're doing here has been built on faith, not only through Mercy Shifts, but through the local uh, local uh, churches and local people, which has really been kind of cool for me because we've not necessarily in my time with Mercy Shifts have seen an entire nine counties of people come together. Mm. Uh, in fact, people who haven't talked to people, county versus county for years, are all talking now. Uh, churches are all talking now, working together. It's, it's no longer territorial like we see so often in, in our, our modern day uh, lives. Uh, I think uh, we even heard that four or five churches, doesn't I believe it's correct, came together and had a, sp a special prayer meeting just for mercy chefs. Mm -hmm. So to see the amount of faith um, that's coming out of this. And, and I, I personally think it's going to start a great revival in this area of people who are going to help each other uh, and, and to help walk each other through uh, not only the food insecurity, but uh, friendships and, and things on into the future. So I think for me, that's the brightest, uh, brightest thing that I've seen come out of this. Yeah. Dustin, what about you? 
You know, I love that um, here it's just uh, people love each other. They want to do all they can and pour out all they can. And um, it's so beautiful to just see the same faces showing up every day and uh, just willing to work 13, 14 hours just to just to help their neighbor. Um, no other reason but to help each other. And um, we had a volunteer show up uh, yesterday who had received one of those cases of bacon. And um, they said, we just we can't afford to pay for that bacon, but we want to help because you made that possible. So mm-hmm. um, they came to volunteer their time just to kind of pay it forward for that because um, they want to earn it. They want, yeah. they have that desire to. And, um, you know, it's a beautiful thing to to be able to have that. And these people, they're awesome. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a special breed of folks out here in Eastern Kentucky, and we love them dearly. I think for me, um, watching just the desire, like you're saying, to jump in and to help, um, we're at a volunteer fire department, um, which sits on the same property as the, the local food bank. Um, and these firefighters are still active. I mean, they, they're still having to listen for the call and respond to a fire potentially, but they have moved their trucks out of the fire station and onto the side of the road so that we have space to store all our stuff. They have jumped in at every opportunity. Anytime something breaks, anytime something goes awry, oh, I know someone who can do that for you. I've got a great friend and he'll come in here and he'll do that for you. Or, you know, uh, we need this one super specific thing and, and, and we don't know where to find it and we don't know our way around. Oh, well, I know, I know the lady up the street and she'll get it for you and she'll be here in an hour. And these folks know everybody around and they know that everybody wants to help as well. And just watching a community come together like that has been so special for me. They've, they've kind of tagged themselves as the get her done community. Yeah, that's right. That's and, right. Which is really, really awesome. You're mm-hmm. exactly right, Nick. Yeah. When we when we don't know what way f- to go forward, number one, the Lord knows. And number two, you just start asking people in eastern Kentucky and they know enough people that someone's going to get it done. That's right. John, I want to go back to something you told me earlier today that really stuck with me. When we were talking about coming out here and deploying out here into what would be a place that the news might not know about. That there's no news crews on the ground here. There's, you know, there's not many other folks other than local folks doing, doing anything to help these people in, in a really hard time. There's not notoriety. And you said early on in this, as we were scouting our site and our mission here, let's bring some notoriety to this county. And maybe we can, you know, get the state into action, get some media attention. And, and we'll start, you know, we'll start getting action, you know, and, and, and making stuff happen for these people. But that's not right, quite how it shook out, is it? It's it's really not. No, we've had our our share of uh, political people, I guess you could say, and and uh, folks come in to uh, see what we're doing and and to uh, help. But the thing that's really again stuck with me, and I kind of alluded to it a, a bit earlier, is the the foundational churches that have been in the community, how they've come together as one. Uh, we have churches that are picking up food for five other churches. Hmm. Uh, and so just uh, just that whole mentality and spirit of uh, people coming together is just astounding to me. And, and even the churches, even the church bodies and, and the people of the congregations say the same thing. Uh, they've, never, they've never come together like that for one particular thing and it's it's been a a grassroots uh, movement Mm -hmm. i guess you could say because uh dustin i think we started with four or five counties uh that we were feeding and quickly spread to 
nine, and, and it's, it's literally churches calling up saying, hey, we want to feed our people. And when I say our people, I'm not talking about their church. We're talking about their community. And the fact that we're able to go in through the churches and to, which has always been Mercy Chefs. That's our DNA. That's our DNA. And, and we started this without that DNA. And suddenly we're going from having one church partner to 45 or 50, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, that are, are taking part in what we're doing. And it's, it's no longer about uh, I or we. It's about us mm-hmm. and the fact that the churches are coming together and it's not it's not about denominations it's not about uh what corner your church is on or what mm-hmm. members go mm-hmm. there it's about making sure people uh get fed which ultimately i think is going to lead i told some people this today i think it's going to lead to a great revival in this area because so many people are being touched uh, uh foundationally by a church that probably would have never had an opportunity if it wasn't for the food and 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 god directing our path here so yeah. uh, I, I think it's pretty awesome and the notoriety we were looking for from <clears throat> news cameras or, or media spots that uh, that might bring some attention to the situation out here isn't necessarily the notoriety that this community needed they needed the church to get involved they needed the church to have an outlet uh, the the starting point and we see that a lot is the church sometimes just needs a starting point to to find a way a route into service in their community and and actually nick we're seeing a lot of neighbors jumping in too so where a neighbor may have not talked to their neighbor for weeks months a year now neighbors are suddenly going and knocking on doors saying hey uh you want me to pick you up some food i'm going mm-hmm. going to do it and we uh, we have seen just huge, huge, huge numbers come through our drive-through line uh, where people were used to them saying, "Hey, I'll take four, I'll take six. No, I, w- I want 60. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And and we kind of get big-eyed and looked at them, and they said, "Well, I, I'm going to feed my community that can't drive, or those who can't come themselves, or those who can't take care of themselves." And and that's really what a grassroots movement is, is people taking care of people. Yeah. Uh, not because of anything other than, than love and wanting to make sure they're okay, uh, because the entire community is going through the same thing. So right. it's been really cool. Yeah. Neighbors helping neighbors, as Chef Gary likes to say. All right, gentlemen, it's late at night. We've had a long day, and y'all have had a long few days. So I want to I wrap us up and, and get us out of here tonight, get a shower, get to bed. But any parting thoughts before we go? You know, I said earlier that um, desperation described this place, but um, you know, I, we prayed over this community um, as a, as a staff the other day, and I remember in prayer, um, I, I I remember something stuck out to me, and I said, "There's gold in them hills," mm. you know, and that's speaking to those people, you know, those people who are willing to serve and um, just pour out all they have, you know, that's the gold, you know. Um, so I, I, I'm just excited to see what can happen here, you know, and here, you know, I'd love to hear that Eastern Kentucky becomes the the hub of Kentucky, you know, they become the hub and the light of what uh, a community and a region should be like. And um, that can happen just by us giving them a, a helping hand now and by the Holy Spirit moving in their lives. I'm just excited to hear what's to come. Yeah. For me, uh, Nick, it's, it's just for the fact of faith. Uh, I know that uh, Chef Gary and Ann, they, they started this years ago uh, just by having faith. 
and just by listening to what the Holy Spirit was leading them to do. Uh, this little food pantry that we're at, who typically, uh, their first day they served, served 300 people. Uh, Nikki decided by faith that she was going to trust God to provide. And because of that, now we're seeing five and 6,000 mm. people in a nine-county region today eat. Uh, so faith endures so much. And, and I guess my encouragement for me and and everyone else is if, if God's putting that on your heart and, and uh, asking you to do something, just have the faith uh, because uh, mountains have been moved by Mercy Chefs. Now mountains have been moved by Nikki. You know, it's just so much that can come out of, of having that faith. So that's pretty much where I've been impacted. Well, gentlemen, thanks very much for coming on. Thanks for joining me and sharing your stories. I hope to see you again here on the Hey Buddy podcast for now. Let's go to bed. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for more episodes. Follow us on social media. Find us online at mercychefs.com to learn more about what we do and how you can get involved.